Welcome, welcome, welcome to Bring On Reviews Podcast, where if you want to review it, I'm your host, DC, and today I'm joined by Moss. How's it going, everyone? And the goal of this podcast is to bring a ton of reviews from Movie World, the TV World, and even some comic book stuff. This is the 34th episode of the podcast. Actually, um, this is a re-recording of the podcast on Saturday, unfortunately. It didn't go through properly and quite well, so the audio is kind of jacked up. So we're going to re-record it, and we'll push it out tomorrow. That'll be Thanksgiving, and this should be fun. And you'll still get another podcast episode on Saturday. So, yeah, this should be fun. So first thing up is the Fifty Shades of Black um, trail that came out. This is with my boy Sean Waynes. In action, not Marlon, sorry. With Marlon Waynes. Um, it was hilarious. Uh, so, Moss, what is your thoughts on this one? Um, well, I kind of, I'm kind of torn because as much as I appreciate his comedy, I feel like Marlon Wayans is typecasting himself in just parody roles when uh, we've seen so much from him and his capabilities. However, it does say something that he can be so funny and his range is so deep when it comes to funny he's hilarious in this film and it's an adaptation and mockery of the 50 shades of gray series and there's so much to this to say oh this is going to be an absolutely dumb film but there's so much to say that this is going to be so so funny so i i give it a thumbs up i think it's i think it's going to be really really good and it's going to go over very well yeah i give this one a thumbs up also just because it brings out the the true skill of the Wayans, which is making people laugh. So this one, it definitely made me laugh. Of course, there's some cheesy parts in it, but at the same time, it's a parody, so you expect the cheesy. But um, this this is this is amazing. It really did. It, the production value, as we mentioned before, that on the bad recording, uh, the production value for this looked like it was top notch. It really looked like it. Could have been a Fifty Shades of Grey movie. So just seeing that parody looks so good. It's like, wow, you guys are actually putting some money behind this movie. And <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked very sexy. It looked very, uh, very modern and very on point. It looked like it actually was mirroring Fifty Shades of Grey. It's, it it was so well done. Yeah, this lets you know, like, all right, you guys are definitely stepping it up because. It, it could look like total total duty, but I was like, nah, it looks kind of good, and it should be funny, so I'll definitely go watch it. I'll give it a thumbs up. I really will. So, um, the next trailer we have here is the Now You See Me 2 trailer. This is basically off of the first movie, Now You See Me, with uh, a great star-studded cast. So, they're basically doing uh, another like heist, kind of, but it's on a bigger scale, and there's a whole lot new more characters in this movie so um for me i give this one a a thumbs up i enjoyed it i really did um seeing dan radcliffe pop up in the trail as well i was like wow look at this guy here he's doing a little comedy when he appeared on the screen so it, it made me laugh a lot and then seeing the return of many folks like you know um woody harrelson and um dave franco and I'm Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Mark Warburg. Mark Ruffalo, different Mark. 
Um, so the seeing all those folks pop up again. Very different mark. Yeah, very different mark. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing those folks pop up again was a, a treat, a real treat. It really was. Um, for me, it brought exactly what the first one did, but just ramped it up a little bit more. So that's what you want to see from a sequel. Hopefully it lives true to the first movie and just makes you even love it more and brings you back wanting to see a third one. So, Moss, what do you what, what do you thought when you saw this trailer itself? Well, for me personally, there was a lot going on when I saw this. Uh, it, the trailer starts off with Morgan Freeman speaking from jail, which uh, he's talking like whatever happened in the first film didn't actually center around their biggest job. That was just the beginning. And this is diving deep into what their supposed role and purpose in being assembled and being the horseman was, which to me is epic. I loved everything about the first film. I thought it was one of the the greater films. The great, to me, it was one of the greater heist films that's come out recently since the Oceans series, where it was funny, it was attractive, it was captivating. There was so much going on. You wanted to understand what was happening, but you just didn't know how, and you wanted to piece it together as the, before the story told you how. And it was a lot of fun to watch. The, the first film was a real treasure to really see and appreciate. And I just cannot wait for the part two to this. And I'm excited. By all means, I give this a thumbs up. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a great, great thing to see. So the next trail we have up here is Zoolander 2. So um, I go again first. Um, this one, I give it a thumbs three quarters the way down just because um, I, I think this whole series is not exactly the best thing in the world. For, for Is this not my target audience? I'm not the target audience at all. For me, it feels like it's a little too too stupid, a little too dumb. And this it throws me off way, way, way too much. So for me, is this not my not my cup of tea? To be honest, um, I like stuff like you know Dumb and Dumber, but this one takes makes Dumb and Dumber looks like they're um, Harvard Law um, candidates. So it just, it's way way too slow for me and way too way too too crazy. It really isn't my thing at all. So Moss, well, what are your thoughts on it? Well, my thoughts aren't that far disconnected from yours. Unfortunately, I'm going to give this actual thumbs down. And it's for multiple reasons. One, it's 13 years disconnected from the last film. At least 13 years. Actually, maybe 14 years. I think it was 2002 or 2001. Can't remember what exact year. So it might be more. Apologize. Um, but the biggest complaint that I have about it is not that it just took so long from one film to the next, but they're, they did it. it's like they're, they're trying to revitalize the same jokes, recycle them, and spit them out. And also, they're crossing new lines that seem popular to cross now. I don't know if you're familiar with, guys, but recently, um, the, the Zoolander has been taking heavy criticism because uh, better than Cumberbatch's role in the film is his character is sexually ambiguous. They, they, he comes across as a transgender person in a mocking way, and the transgender community and the LBGT community are very heavily criticizing the film for for such a tasteless portrayal. And you combine that with the fact that 
we've grown as an audience and the people that could have appreciated the film if it came out sooner, several more years earlier, we've kind of passed where it's at. And I feel like this is going to be a repeat of the same fail that Dumb and Dumber 2 experienced at the hands of waiting so long to release. Yeah, um, it actually came out 14 years ago. So <laughs> you can tell how long it's been. It's crazy. It's really a long, long period of time. Yeah, we, we've come a long way. And not to say that those jokes didn't go over, because it took me a few watches to really appreciate the humor in it. But as we've gotten older and as just so much has happened, I don't know if the same type of movie can resonate because this isn't a, a transcendental film, you know? This is kind of like a, a piece in the time of, what, 2001. Yeah. So, let's yeah. see. I, I'd like to see more at the next trailer, but I'm genuinely not hopeful at all that this is going to go over well. All right. Hey, I feel on the same kind of sentiment. It's just not my thing anymore. So for um, the next trailer that's coming up is the Huntsman Winter's War. So this was with um, Chris Hemsworth. He's basically reprising his role from the Snow White movie. Yes, Snow White. Snow White and the Huntsman. Yes, yep, Snow White yep. and the Huntsman movie. So he's repri- reprising the role. He's like a enforcer, kind of. It's like a prequel of sorts. So it's just him and um, his love interest. And they're both they're both pretty awesome. They really are. For for me, I'll give this one a, a, a I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I could, I could do a thumbs up. For, um, it just brought a lot of action, a lot of chemistry between both of them, and just focuses on Chris Hemsworth's character is the best person to do it, because unfortunately, Kristen Stewart wasn't the best one in the previous movie, and She's very, very bland. And unfortunately, that's not what I want to see in this kind of movie. It, it, it gave off a nice a nice um, action-adventure kind of vibe. And I don't want it to be sullied by, you know, that Twilight person, unfortunately. So, um, Moss, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I, I, um, I saw a lot of really great things in this film. that In the trailer, I should say that didn't get to be mentioned as you were speaking. Um, There's a lot of things going on between the White Queen and her sister, and a lot lot of elements of what happened behind the scenes before Snow White and the Huntsman. And it's a really interesting tale, which... I don't know. I, I, I like the trailer, but... And I didn't necessarily mind the first film. Uh, although Kristen Stewart was a bit bland, it was an interesting choice for, for her to be Snow White. And um, I'm just curious because, like you were saying, uh, they're, they're kind of recruiting people to play a major part in the series, and they're looking for someone to be a huntsman, and this is where Chris Hemsworth's character steps in to be the huntsman, and as you were saying earlier, he he has an intimate relationship with a female character who becomes a warrior, and like you were saying, she's pretty badass. Well, if she's going to hold the title of warrior, clearly she needs to hold her own. So that's what's on the screen for a lot of the parts, their chemistry and their attraction and tension together. And uh, I want to see how it plays out, especially with the the white the the the, the white queen, the evil witch, and, and just a lot all at once. So it should be really exciting, and 
I'm looking forward to it. Yes, it should be cool and to see both of them. Plus, you know, get Chris Hemsworth out of the whole Thor vibe. It do this seem kind of like Thorish, but it's a yeah. Different. No, this isn't that far out of the realm of Thorish, though. That's <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's it's gonna be unfair to put him in any kind of role where he's swinging a weapon. You know, yeah. it's gonna take a lot to get us out of the, out of that thought process. But that's not a knock on him, I should say, because I enjoy seeing him kick butt. You know. Yeah, definitely. So, it should be cool. So, the last trailer we have here for Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down is Central Intelligence. This is the movie that's been teased around by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Kevin Hart for a long time now. I remember they're coming out with both videos, like, behind the scenes of them joking. Yeah, they were doing simulcast uh, Instagram posts and video posts. And uh, they were definitely playing off each other and playing on each other. It was it was, re- it was really a, a sight to see, and it built a lot of hype on low. Like, did you notice that that they were how much buzz they were generating just because they were doing that? Yeah, definitely. So it it, it brought a lot of attention to it. So to actually see this trail, I'm like, oh, kind of cool. So I'll introduce it. So this is basically a movie that's playing off of the rock johnson and he's gonna be a action star of course and kevin hart's gonna be basically you know this timid kind of guy that um the rock's gonna basically push him into do a lot of stupid things so it's gonna be a whole lot of fun to watch this actual movie and the chemistry be- between both of them is kind of cool so um before i do mine i'll let you go first moss what is your thoughts on this well, I mean, considering as much as I'd seen uh, tr- following the trend in social media since the film was being recorded, uh, I think this is going to actually be really funny. I mean, you, ha- you have a situation where Ke- uh, Kevin Hart is playing someone who was really popular in high school, but whose life took a different turn. He's much more serious, much more low-key. And then you have someone like The Rock who's playing uh, his classmate, from high school but was very nerdy and overweight and very unpopular and later on becomes a cia agent who needs kevin hart's special skills you know they haven't really established what those were which i think we'll find out in the next few trailers that come out about the film but they have established the awkward relationship that gets built and the fun and hijinks that ensue because The Rock keeps, like you said, throwing Kevin Hart in these terrible situations and Kevin Hart is just struggling to survive to see the next day. And it seems like it's going to be very, very funny and uh, an enjoyable time at the movies. So I I give it a thumbs up. I I can't wait to see more out of the next trailer. Yeah, I I definitely give this one a thumbs up as well just because The Rock is amazing. He's doing extremely well for himself um the scene the amount of um comedy he could bring in plus you know other facets of his acting career and then seeing kevin hart in like a a semi-serious role is a very change from his normal typical funny man kind of status so i I actually want to see him actually do more of a serious role in this movie hopefully it's not too funny hopefully he steps back and like all right the rock you do extreme funny and i'll play like the straight man well, he, he's, he's going to be the low-key uncomfortable funny yeah 
So ho- hopefully yeah. it plays off well with each other and The Rock just shines his butt off in this movie. So I give this one yeah, a definitely I mean, thumbs up. I, I, I am a little tired of seeing Kevin Hart in like the buddy cop series type thing, but hopefully this is the last one and it's a really, really good one. Aside from Ride Along 2, of course. Yeah. But hopefully these are the last series for a little while while he while he pursues more and just different angles to be funny. Well, hey, you know you gotta make your you gotta gotta. Oh no, you gotta get it where you fit in. I get it, but I would like him like I would like him to not be the the butt of a joke. You know, I would rather have him in a role where he's a more in a more of a commanding presence that isn't necessarily uh the jokes on him kind of vibe. Yeah, it it shows off in the um Red and Winger, Ringer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he definitely Ringer. did that there. So, seeing a couple minutes of that, I was like, oh, this is a nice little change of pace for Kevin Hart. So, it's kind of cool to see him in this role where he's more serious than what he's been. In the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it, 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 the, the key to it all is going to be how they interact and, and just, you know, Kevin Hart, I hope his character has more of a presence of mind other than just, you know, making silly mistakes like he did in Ride Along. Ride Along was funny for it, but I don't want to see that kind of repetition like I, I would love to see his versatility other than just being like you know a bumbling clown and on the screen yeah so it, it, sh- it should definitely show off we'll see we'll definitely see so um four movies came out this past weekend um the first one was hunger games mock and j part two the second was um the night before the third one was secret in their eyes and the fourth movie was spotlight so I'll, I'll go first on this one. I've actually watched two out of the four of the mo- movies that's on this list. Um, I was still put in the same range I put before. Um, night, the night before, I put first. Then, actually, no, I'm going to change that. Secret in the Eyes, probably second. Ah! Then Spotlight, then Hunger Games. Uh, yeah. So you can tell which movies I watched so far, which were um, the night before and Hunger Games. I watched them both. Unfortunately, Hunger Games didn't do it for me at all. Um, that one disappointed. Yeah, I, actually, I didn't have high hopes for it anyway. So watching the movie itself, I was like, mm, "Yeah, so glad catch on matinee prices." Woo, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, with with movies like The Hunger Games, when you when they're closing off on a series and they stretch out one book into multiple films. I feel like a lot get a lot gets lost and a lot gets changed to the point where it's almost unrecognizable and also it loses the it loses the push. You know, there's a conclusion that should have happened with the Mockingjay Part One and Two if it had been one film. There's much more finality to it as opposed to how they stretched out particular parts for a second film. So I feel you on it because. It bothered me when they did it with what what they did with um, the Hobbit series because that was just one book. Yeah. And they turned it into three films. The Harry Potter series, the Deathly Hallows was broken up into two parts. That kind of stretched out a few things. But, you know, after, what, six films, people were so madly in love and loyal that it didn't have as much impact because you knew what was expected. 
But with the Mockingjay, the way that they were hyping it, I feel like the audience wasn't as behind it because the audience didn't grow up with the Mocking, the Mockingjay series as they did with the Harry Potter series. Did you watch? So you're not as fully invested, you know. Did you watch the movie yet? No. Mockingjay Part Two? No, no, I haven't seen it yet. So I, from what I've heard so far, I heard it's very faithful to the book, very, very faithful okay. to it, but. It reminds people why they didn't like that book. Yeah, yeah, I know, and that's actually something that I would enjoy seeing. However, what I mean is that there's a lot that gets that can get lost between Mockingjay one and the second part to it because there's that long year long pause. You know, it's like I, I would be wanting to see Mockingjay just before going to see Mockingjay part two just to refresh everything, which I'm sure a lot of people would do. I think that's a common thing now. However, in terms of elongating that for the sake of another film, I feel like a lot gets lost. But if people were going to see Mockingjay Part 2 and not expect some really messed up things at the end, then you are sadly mistaken. You you were paying attention to the wrong series. A lot of things... This isn't, Sunshine, this isn't Sunshine and Rainbows. Yeah, a lot of things that go bad at the end. I, I can personally well, say... Again, the, the book wasn't Sunshine and Rainbows at no. all. It's about... Uh, it's it's about Hunger Games. I mean, think about the title. This isn't going to be a fun story. Yeah. Uh, I, I can say this. You could definitely not watch Mockingjay Part 1 and be fine. Exactly my point. <laughs> and that's what, that's what I hate about it. When they split one book into two movies to elongate the series and try to squeeze money out. You, you lose so much in the process that one of the movies is going to get hurt. Yeah, definitely. That's crazy. So for you, um, how would you put that in order? Those four How would I put it in order? Yep. Wow. Uh, um, hmm. I guess, uh, I don't know. Um, it would have to be, uh, I definitely need to see Night Before, okay. Spotlight, and... And then I would guess it would be Hunger Games and Mockingjay, similar to yours. And a secret in the eyes, last. Ah, uh, secret in the eyes, I can really skip over. The only interesting thing I can say about that is that apparently the way that they the the, the there was another flop on Angelina's directorial debut, but that dynamic that they have in the movie is nothing like their own personal life. I just don't think people are interested enough to see that film because it just doesn't show enough, you know? Yeah. And well, there's a there's a target audience for anything. So I'm sure some people will go see it, but I'm not going to be one of those people. <laughs> hey, you know, that's how it is sometimes. So, um, this is actually the end of the episode. Um, you can find us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube, iTunes, at Bring On Reviews. You can email us at bringonreviews at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Bring On Reviews and use the hashtag Bring On Reviews for any questions you might have for us. You can even visit the website, which is bringonreviews.com. And there you, we have you know, the trailers, movie reviews, even this podcast. i like to thank Moss for being with me. Um, on this podcast episode, um, where can they find you on social media? Thanks again, as always, for having me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at defiant underscore moss, and you can find me on Twitter at GoliathNYC. Cool, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DwightNC, 
That's D-W-I-G-H-T-A-N-T-C. Again, that's D-W-I-G-H-T-A-N-T-C. And you can also email me at dc at bringonreviews.com. And we'll catch your reviews next time. Take care, everybody.